Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Jen. And in today's episode, we are going to talk all about the balance between masculine and feminine energies, what that even means, and how we experience both within ourselves as well as the collective society. But before we dive in, we want to catch you up a little bit on our lives because we've had a lot going on. Yes, we have. <laughs> right? Um, Jen just got back from leading her second retreat in Asheville, North Carolina. Jen, yeah. you told me a little bit about it, but um, it just sounded magical. I'm feeling so whole. It was honestly beautiful. One of my big dreams for this year um living in my car and kind of traveling the country I was like I will make time to actually get to spread out um this this gift all this fun all this spirituality I've picked up along the way and I really wanted to put out some yoga retreats events workshops just actually stepping into my like leadership teaching side because I've been a little sponge of knowledge all these years (laughs) and the group that showed up was amazing I think we all got exactly what we needed and as I told them when they showed up um, real magic happens when you gather with this intention to release and surrender and also yeah feel connect it was so much good dancing we uh did so many meditations so many awesome yogas made flower crowns (laughs) so much and beyond that uh Kat got freaking married (laughs) (laughs) for a second time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the official wedding. Uh, She had that early elopement for the the crazy yearly experience. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the elopement and this was our big celebration, electric forest themed. And it was a long time in the making. Kyle and I have been together for 10 years this year. And it was just so special to celebrate here in Colorado with all of our friends and our families who came all the way from Massachusetts. It was truly the best day of our lives so far. You know? It looks so beautiful. <laughs> An electric forest theme, like, come on. Like, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. It looked like a magical, colorful dream. There was a it donkey. Was. Please, please go look on Kat's Instagram. It's so Donkey, cute. fire spinner, rave, just everything we could have imagined and more. Oh, and I'm so proud of you for embracing that quirky kind of your own style and putting it on the wedding, which, yeah, really fits into our conversations a bit today. I'm yes. feeling like there's one right way for each thing and how that is not the case. Exactly. Really good tie-in for today's theme. So yeah. we want to start off by giving you all just a little bit of a breakdown with what we mean when we talk about feminine energy versus masculine energy. So I'll start with the feminine. Um, Traditionally, feminine energy, uh, we have both, right? This is located on the left side of our bodies and it's the lunar side. Some qualities that are associated with feminine energy are being receptive, being more passive, intuitive, and uh, turning your attention inward. 
And when the feminine energies are like balanced, you will experience unconditional love, understanding, nurturing, tenderness, creativity, lots of feelings, um, just that whole essence of flow, ease, sensitivity, radiance, and allowing. So it's a lot of qualities, right? Um, And then the wounded feminine, this is the other side of things because both masculine and feminine can be unhealed and we've all experienced both sides of the coins. So wounded feminine, this is victimhood. This is feelings of powerlessness, weakness, uh, being manipulated, codependent, over-emotional, over-sensitive, really needy. So that kind of energy. Now, on the other side of things, there's masculine energy. And some of the qualities that are really closely associated with masculine energy are being projective, outward, expansive, active, and giving. Some other qualities, just really neutral ones that are associated with masculine energy are a sense of protection, um, boundaries, courage, discipline, being assertive, um, stability, confidence, and just like overall focus and responsibility. Now, the wounded masculine, this is the opposite of the wounded feminine. So we said victim, this is abuse. Um, We talked about powerlessness. This is abuse of power, dominance, aggression, control, sense of competitiveness, confrontational, being overly critical or even avoidant. So mm-hmm. some pretty intense feelings, right? Table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's super important. You have these qualities, which it's very important to kind of know what falls under each side. But it's very important that when we look at feminine and masculine, we're not talking about gender. We're really viewing that through the lens of being an energetic um, quality, that there's these two energies that when they blend together, allow us to feel very balanced. And I know that with all the fight we're having to do for um, gender equality, and then even just being able to step in and blend those two things, there's a lot of resistance to what feminine is, what masculine is, and those boxes that we've have that label and put put each quality into one of those, it can feel very restrictive and we're really trying to break down the boxes of what feminine even was supposed to look like and what masculine was supposed to look like externally. But when we think of it inward and we think of that balance between both things as an energy, that is a beautiful way to look at it. So we really are trying to take away what that needs to look like externally because it's going to look different for everybody. So that's really important to preface. But this topic, like learning about masculine and feminine or even yin and yang, that is was a huge part of my spiritual journey. I thought for me that was one of the biggest things that showed me what I needed to work on. Um, Previously, before getting into spirituality and yoga and all of it, I thought I was this very type A person. I love to get things done. I was a power through type of person. I I used to brag that I had only taken one day off in five years and that I always show up to work. I have this incredible work ethic. I also saw 
my imbalance towards that more masculine and yang presenting like always wanting to my exercises to be really worth it like I went really hard when I was going to exercise if I was going to move my body it better be worth it like I better burn enough calories I wanted it to be worth my time I always process things very logically I used to say I don't really cry a lot like I don't really have a lot of emotions very much you know I just can keep it together more all these little things I used to brag on even saying that I'd rather hang out with guys, that I get along with them better, just all these like terrible things to justify my real strong imbalance towards my masculine side of myself. I thought the feminine side, any of that emotional um, receptiveness, that intuitive side, like it appeared to me to be weaker. And so I really fought to justify that other side of myself. It makes so much sense that feminine, the feminine energies are just suppressed when there's both wounded feminine and wounded masculine, because who's going to come on top in a situation of one who feels powerless and one who feels a need to obtain power, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? It's That's what we've seen historically in um, society and obviously still today, but it wasn't always this way. But we all we have been conditioned to to see it this way. And it starts at a really young age. Uh, it's kind of sad when we think about it, mm. but it goes all the way back to like elementary school. Think of all the competitions that we were a part of, right? They were kind of fun, but there was always a winner and there was always a loser. Like that's a very masculine quality. Yeah. <laughs> and nowadays when we hear about you know, competitions where there's multiple winners or no winners at all, we hear people saying, oh, what is this? Like the pussification of America. <laughs> like that is the wounded masculine speaking. <laughs> and even having to always show up for school. Yeah, there's this like, it was just such a, you better show up. You better be consistent. You better be here every day. Like so mm-hmm. not really honoring this like, maybe I'm going to fluctuate a little in how I can perform, what I can do, you know? Yeah, maybe start... I'm sick today yeah. <laughs> and I need to lay on the couch and yeah, be sick and, God and not get other sick. sick days. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's just really wild to look back and think about how school starts to train us so young to really uh, live in this masculine way. So even thinking about crying crying in school you learn really young that the kids who cry are the weak ones Mm -hmm. and that it's not appropriate to cry in class or else you'll be seen that way Mm -hmm. be emotionally consistent in school sit behave until you make it yeah yeah. (laughs) and those are also the first classes that are cut so we talked about how creativity is a natural feminine quality All of those um, subjects like art class, like, you know, music, um, theater, those are the first that are cut when schools need to make budget cuts. It's not the maths, the sciences, even though many people make their careers in the arts and they may not have experienced that if their school wasn't able to provide. Mm -hmm. Same thing with pay. Art teachers, you know, anything in the arts, pay 
is not good. Yeah. <laughs> Even health, something that is has somewhere along the lines been uh, slated as as a feminine industry, probably because it's seen as caring about people and, mm-hmm. and the emotions and the nurturing behind that. But the health industry, a lot of people like yoga teachers, you know, we don't make a ton of money at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you compare that to the really masculine, heavy industries like data, science, math, where are they working much harder? I'd argue no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's just a different skill set. And we're saying that that is worth more monetary wise. Yeah. Yeah. The, these presets go so far back in. And maybe you don't fall more into the masculine side, but if we do look at our more recent history, the masculine, that active, goal-oriented, push-forward, strive to achieve, all of that has been the root of how we're trained from a very young age, going through our school years, and then leading into immediately going to college, feeling like that's the right trajectory, Mm -hmm. That is huge. And we look back on a lot of movements that have tried to kind of blend this, like any pushback on this kind of standard way of doing things. We look at the women's movement that, you know, where they originally really pushed to be in the same spaces as men. And this is looking kind of more at a gender, you know, a gender side of things. But when a lot of females try to push into the men's workplace, there was so much resistance. And you look at that movement and how it got advertised in the news and in newspapers. And it was the women are going crazy. There's these wild, evil women (laughs) trying to do all this stuff. And they're so emotional. And it was it was labeled so ugly and poor and luckily there's still been these amazing badass women in history that have been able to hold against that and say like this isn't fair and that we should be able to be in the same spaces together and it might have not even been it could have been a more masculine female that even pushed into breaking some of those masculine norms like this is very much a blend of energies but collectively they made women very small and stay in that kind of box of feminine and they made men very large and in that box of masculine and you really saw that as a standard in relationships and not like and in the workplace but the second women started getting louder and wanting to break those boxes and say, you know, I'm not, I don't want to stay, I don't want to stay at home all the time. I want to embrace more of a active, more heavy working side. That was where some of the masculine did, did blend for that. And then a lot of the masculine got very offended mm-hmm. and that unhealed masculine really tried to push back. And so we look at our history in this constant battle back and forth. And I'm really proud to see this stuff all kind of blending and starting to get um, a little less boxed in and a little more open. Um, I had a friend that I talked to, you know, she identifies as a she, her, and is way more in tune with her feminine side compared to me, who's always felt like very much embracing my masculine side more than my feminine. But she really likes to be in relationships where she's with a very masculine, heavy person, someone that'll kind of tell her more what to do, push her a little bit more. That to her feels very balanced. 
And that could be the case in some relationships where we look externally to kind of match that imbalance that we have in our own lives versus trying to maybe balance it a little more in ourselves first. Yeah, it's Um, healthy. We need both, like you're saying. And oftentimes when we say we look externally for things, it's looked down upon. But I think this is one place where it can actually be really healthy and nourishing. We were talking a little bit before about how we see this in ourselves and our relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And I was sharing a little bit about how in in my relationship with my husband, Kyle, he, I always, he hates when I do this, but (laughs) But I always say, oh, my little cancer, because (laughs) he is way more like in tune and in touch with his emotions than I am. And it's a gift. Like it's not anything to be ashamed of or looked down upon. Although the wounded masculine, I'm sure would make him feel maybe a little embarrassed that that I'm even sharing this about him because... Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be tough and unemotional and all that, but um, it's it's beautiful because he's taught me so much more about feminine energy in that regard, and we're able to have much more productive conversations because he's able to guide us there in terms of you know me doing something that upset him and why and getting me to see his side and be more open in that way. Yeah, and I'm in the exact same relationship balance. No shock there. Me and Kat's lives <laughs> parallels to the end. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but literally, yeah, Danny, who I'm married to, is such a more feminine charged um, guy. And for me, I've had to learn a ton on balancing that feminine side of myself to not only make sure I'm not riding off of this power within our relationship, but also embracing his strength and allowing, you know, us to mirror each other and where we're missing and lacking some of that, that balance between that feminine and masculine side. And on a side note, Two things that are I just have blown my mind on this spiritual journey as I looked at kind of these two things being more of an energy than necessarily uh yeah, gender norm, labels, all the bullshit that it's <laughs> kind of turned into. Um, as I got into astrology, which is a whole other fun thing I could go on and on about. You actually have placements in that soul blueprint, that initial moment you took your first breath. There is really placements that lean more to yen, lean lean more into yang. And I looked in my birth chart and I have eight masculine placements and two feminine. Hmm. And Danny has eight feminine placements, two masculine placements. So it's so worth noting that, you know, it wasn't putting these labels on him, but it was kind of his preset to begin with. And although we're both working on blending those two and ourselves so that we can be more present for each other, it is very noted that that Mm. was in the stars from the beginning. I need you to check out our charts too, because I have to know this now if we're like the same exact as you two or what I balance Honestly, watch it be. Yeah. Right? And thinking about that too, um, you know, the whole traditional going back in time where the traditional gender roles were very prevalent and it's all society new. Um, Men were expected to be the decision makers, uh, be the one who would provide, and the women would be home and care for the children, right? Those were very stark differences to 
our blended society now of where we all uh, understand that we are both and we can be both and that we shouldn't conform to different ideologies that don't feel aligned. So um, those whole quotes of like, oh, she wears the pants in that relationship and kind of looking down on someone in that way, that is out that's gone same with the whole she's the breadwinner you know and and kind of looking down on the man for that no like that's not a thing anymore and gotta shove that stuff down no more no No place for that here and we are transcending um blending the, the both energies and uh, even thinking back to ancient times, this is not a foreign concept. Somewhere along the lines, we got really convoluted and we shifted to uh, really, really just siloing people from feminine to masculine. But thinking back to ancient Greece, I'm Greek, so you know, yeah. I'd have to throw this in. 100%. I love it. But uh, it was a very even blend of masculine and feminine energies, and it was a very successful society. We look to them to be leaders um, of the arts and the sciences, mm-hmm. math and theater, astrology and democracy. So cool to see like what came of that time when the focus and importance was even on both. Yeah. And I'll take it back to my background a little bit too. You know, I grew up in the Christian church and this is a huge issue you see in the church. There's really a, a big pull in that the man is supposed to be in charge of the household, that he can make all the decisions. There's even a lot of people that still believe women shouldn't be pastors. I've even seen that, which is so cringe. <laughs> but um, I remember growing up that all the sides that embrace my kind of more fluidness, my my trust in this inner knowing, my sensuality, my ability to move my body really freely, which we'll go into as being some of the homework, but I was so scared to do all of that because I really did feel and equate it to uh, my evil side, my more sinful side. I would drop something on the ground and pick it up all carefully, making sure I didn't move my body certain ways. I really started believing in my mind that my body had rules it was supposed to follow. And so I think that's why all of this was such a huge um, mind-blowing thing to me is that I really started just going into the energy that I thought was stronger and safer and more reliable. And I I lost so much um, connection to my intuition in the process, feeling like, yeah, there's one logical way to do things. And if I can just figure out all the rules to how everything works, then I will be good to go, not, never causing a problem. <laughs> and it really, it really was huge for me to realize how much I was repressing this side of myself Um, from the way I was raised and the way I was taught that was huge for me Mm, yeah if you look back there are just countless examples for all of us and how we were kind of conditioned to believe that we were supposed to act a certain way when really that wasn't what our intuition what our guts were telling us that we wanted to do For me, personally, I really resonate with a lot of what you said, Jen, of course, Um, Mm. but I was very similar in the way of, you know, I remember telling Kyle, even when we just started dating in college, like, oh, yeah, I don't cry. Like, (laughs) I I just don't cry. I'm not an emotional person. Like, 
Yes, I am. (laughs) We're so so proud of it. Like, oh, I've repressed so much. Isn't that great? (laughs) Right? Like, like it's a compliment, like a badge of honor that I wear uh, when really that was just masculine energy in me trying to prove that I was strong. Yeah. That I didn't need to be soft for whatever reason. (laughs) That I was tough. I could handle things. I could take care of myself, be an independent woman while I could still do all of that and cry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes yep so good and I am I have to say like as many I love to talk about theories on this but we look at our current today and we see all these gender norms being blended we see gender fluidity Um, I am like pumped to see all of this because I really believe that we are shifting back into yeah maybe what was very ancient knowledge that was understood and somewhere along the way we really lost it but this rise of healers intuitives um, witches all this brought up of the spiritual side of ourselves is really bringing back that that divine feminine I think as that meets where we already are collectively where the masculine has already taken us and you know the last a hundred years at least even more we look at those blends and if we can keep moving forward with embracing the divine feminine really staying in that divine masculine and taking that unhealed side of both and dropping it I think we can really shift what this world and reality looks like Yeah, I so agree. It really all goes down to just staying open and being keen on learning because that's like the one best quality I think a person can have is is being a learner and being open and not putting up those walls. And it can be really hard to do when there's something deep inside you that says, this feels wrong or gets really defensive and jumps up, but it's questioning that and just still listening and being open I have a really special relationship with my dad and I really applaud him on on being good at, at just that, of being open and wanting to learn even when it feels uncomfortable to him. Yeah. I have one of my cousins um, came out as transgender and she's amazing. And it was, you know, in the family, of course, something that I, I talked about with my dad because when it came out, it was new. Like it hadn't happened in our family before. No one had ever come out um, as somewhere else on the gender spectrum other than just cisgender. And yeah. so uh, it was a first. And my dad asked me some questions about it, not in a, in a, you know, like, harsh way or Mm. um, insulting way, but in a way that he was actually curious. So I remember just explaining to him how gender is fluid, like we've been saying, and how there's a whole spectrum, a whole range in which people can fall. And someone might fall right in the middle even and not identify with one, which we now know is non-binary, but Mm -hmm. you can be born into one, but actually feel the other. And I just remember this blowing his mind. So cute. (laughs) Right? little sweet little boomer (laughs) thank you we need those foreign (laughs) concept and so I think the more that we can educate our parents each other and just stay open the better we will all be and rise together 
Amen. Yes, yes. <laughs> so a little just homework just to wrap us up. So if you feel like you do fall more into that feminine, so that intuitive, fluid, empathetic, sensual, receptive, nurturing side, one of the beautiful ways to start balancing a little bit more masculine energy, inviting more of that in creating like an inner fire with exercise, feeling like that you find that fiery type of movement, creating challenges and goals for yourself. So really setting out like what you need to do, when you need to do it, becoming a little more constructive in the way you do things. Um, Power yoga is an awesome way. Yoga in general is like very much blending both energies, but especially if you know you fall into that slower pace, like adding in that more maybe vinyasa style or power style yoga, and then really letting yourself step into leadership. Leadership is a huge way to step into more of that divine masculine. And then we'll go vice versa. If you fall more into masculine, like me and Kat in our our, um, original imbalance, where you're more structured, strong, goal-oriented, stable, logical, the real homework for me has been diving more into my intuition. So dancing intuitively, really making myself listen more instead of feeling like I have it all right and really staying in that more receptive state. Adding in yin yoga practices, connecting with groups of women or getting into an intuitive space where you set that that intention on diving into feeling more. Yoga retreats, wink, wink. <laughs> and then really letting yourself create Create just to create. We, I think the biggest reason we've fallen away from the divine feminine is because creativity has been seen as this thing you're either good at or bad at. Yes. So finding that flow state, just putting stuff out there, knowing that when you're creating and you're tuned into that, you lose track of time and you lose track of this need to have it be for a deeper reason. You're letting yourself play and just dive in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Amen to that, sister. Yes. Homework given. All <laughs> kinds of fun stuff. We're so thankful you guys joined us for another beautiful topic. We will talk to you soon. Yes. Please let us know if you have any questions and feedback. We'd love to hear it all and just keep the conversation going. So yes. we'll see you all next week. Bye, Kat. Bye. Bye.